everybody and welcome to this episode of How Do You To Do with Amandine. Do I pronounce that right? Yes, that's that's right. Okay. Um, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit before we get started? Sure. So my name is Amandine Flax. Um, I have been working with early stage startups for uh, nine years, especially as an independent consultant, helping very technical founders with basically whatever they need that is not technical. So mainly jumping in before big steps such as launching a new product, hiring a large amount of people that are non-technical or, um, or looking for funding. So I've been here to have them plan ahead for those big steps and have them make those projects happen. Um, I've especially worked across emerging technologies, but uh, more recently I've also been involved in various um, aspects of the business and various businesses um, as I've been mentoring and I've been uh, involved in various initiatives targeting not just emerging technologies, but a broader community. Um, for the past few months, I have been also quite involved I would say between the investment VC space and the startup ecosystem and um, uh, being a scout, for example, for a VC fund, but also helping VCs through an initiative called Moving Forward to help VC funds uh, create policy on diversity and um, inclusion. And also I have my own live video stream where I interview early stage founders on the journey, um, live on different social media and platforms and during the interview, we also play video games. That sounds really fun, your live stream. It is. <laughs> uh, I will have to include the link of that uh, to the show notes. Um, generally, what you do sounds really interesting for me because I'm in a really, really, really early stage startup myself that hasn't been even officially founded yet, but okay. we're working on things. And we would love to have somebody like you, but we wouldn't have anything to pay you. So, so it's that's cool where the frustration here most of the time. You meet some amazing founders. You want to be involved, but at the same time, you have to think about make a living out of it. Yeah. Uh, when I when I explain what I've been doing for the past few years, lots of people are surprised because they don't even know this is a potential job. You can actually live from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you at some point feel inspired to, you know, make make a, a book about it or something like that i think i would buy it oh because, great you know, to know. We, we can't hire you because we can't afford to because we kind of need to feed ourselves through this process um then you know picking your brain through a book or uh, even an online course that would be really cool i think about that that's a good idea yeah so um it sounds like you have the kind of job that leaves you with a lo lot of things to do or gives you a lot of things to do and very varied kind of things to do and then you hopefully still have time to have a life mm -hmm. uh, and that probably has things to do as well um first of all like do you manage things you do professionally very separate from the things you do in your private life or are they kind of in one system more or less I would say they're kind of 
merging together, um, especially when you're working with startups and early, st early stage businesses, um, you have to go to lots of networking events on the evening. Sometimes you meet people and you develop relations with them that are not necessarily business only. You actually mm. um, develop friendship. And um, I think my personal and professional life are kind of merging together. Mm -hmm. Even if there are things that are clearly professional, especially when I am working on one project at a time. Um, so I would say when I organize my time and um, everything I have to do, I have both um, a to-do list and an, an organization that includes things that are uh, a bit of uh, at the middle between, at the intersection between the professional and personal life. And when I am working on a specific project with a specific startup, I also have an organization, a to-do list and, and files that are just for the startup that I don't mix with the rest of my life. So yeah. I would say for all my side projects, involvement in, uh, in initiatives, uh, mentoring or anything that can be seen as professional, but is also uh, very much merged with my personal life. Mm -hmm. I have my organization, but when I am working with the clients, I really keep things focused just for them. So I don't yeah. mix with anything else. Yeah. Um, uh, for most of the things, how do things end up on kind of your to-do list? Um, I think I am, I am quite organized. Everyone I worked with know that I am very organized. And I think that's how I can really help founders. I mean, when a founder come to me with, a, for example, a big product launch to do, uh, many people can be overwhelmed because uh, they don't know where to start. And I think my biggest strength is actually to have them decompose this huge project into smaller categories and more approachable tasks. So I would say um, that's how I, I am proactively organized in every aspect of what I do. So I do keep a to-do list for a weekly to-do list for my personal and uh, different activities. Mm -hmm. But when I am working on the project, I more have a logs format where I keep logs of um, what I do, what I want to do, the different thoughts that I have about something, either it mm -hmm. is a meeting or whatever. And it's really all divided day to day basis. Yeah. So I would say that the, that's the structure of my organization. I have <laughs> weekly um, tasks and weekly goals for my personal and different project um, activities. And when I'm working with the clients, I have a more day-to-day -day, -day approach um, and a more detailed uh, document and structure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll ask a little bit spe more specific question. If you, for example, you have an idea or you remember that you need to do something, uh, let's say in your personal life. What happens to that thought? Like, do you write it down on a calendar or do you write it down on your phone or how does it okay. flow through the system? So I use, uh, I tried, I've tried many applications. Um, there are many applications for getting organized and having your to-do list out there. I've tried many of them and they weren't really for me. So what I used is actually an application called Evernote, which is supposed to be for notes. And I do have notes there when I have some ideas for future projects or whatever. But for my to-do list, I actually have one to-do list um, file or memo that is just for my to-do list. And that is divided by week. And so when I have an idea of something I want to do um, for a specific week, well, I just put it there 
and um, and I, I put a box there. But if it is something that is further away, uh, let's say if I have a big deadline or something I have to get done by a specific date, I will put this in my in this memo if mm -hmm. it makes sense. I mean, if it's something I, I have to start right now, but I will also put it in my calendar. So I have a reminder. I use yeah. my calendar several times a week or even seven several times a day because I always have to schedule a call or something else. Yeah. And so I have to look at my calendar regularly anyway. And if I see this deadline coming up again, and I, if I see it all the time, then uh, it will help me also remember that this is a deadline. But I do yeah. both. I, I combine both the agenda and the uh, the day-to-day -day list. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard. No, I haven't interviewed yet anybody who uses Evernote as a to-do system, but I know of many people who do that. I was at some point tempted by it, but it's not very Linux friendly, and I'm a, my main computer is Linux, so it's like Linux, Android, and then in that ecosystem, it's mm. less less nice nice to use. Um, well, yeah. I use it mainly because it auto synchronizes with my phone, and yeah. it is it is very flexible. I've tried to do to do to do list app um, that are very constraining in terms of the formats. Mm -hmm. It's a to do list or nothing. And with Evernote, what I like is that I can create a to do list, mm -hmm. have a tick box or whatever, but I yeah. can also add some text. I can create mm -hmm. different type of memo if I want, and so I'm not constrained to one format. Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that it synchronizes with my phone so I can use it on, on different devices. Yeah, synchronization is so important in modern life because yes. it's not like we want to carry a laptop everywhere. And it's uh, free also. Um, yeah. I didn't want necessarily to pay for an app. Um, again, yeah. So. yeah, I can understand this. And out of curiosity, do you... Like I, I could imagine somebody using that flexible system to kind of have a, also the kind of historical data of a project in the same context as the to-dos. And I could see that being very useful. Do you do something like that? Mm -hmm. um, I do sometime, um, but for very personal things, such as when I have an idea for something new and I have no idea where to put it in my computer. And if I create a, f a folder in my computer, I know I will just forget about it. Mm -hmm. So if it's something I, I'm thinking about for the long term, for example, creating a, a new video format or creating a, an article at some point, I will just put some thoughts um, on the memo, uh, being clear about the title of the memo, but that's it. It's, it's not necessarily uh, historical data that I record there, even yeah. though every every few months I try to have a look at my previous notes and see if there is nothing anything that I can just take further or anything that I missed uh, or anything else but um, I would say just the to-do list itself because there is a date for each week and, and, mm -hmm. a, to, and a kind of a block of tasks for each week um, it's also a great way to have a look at what I've done over the past few months and also mm -hmm. what I've started doing in the past six months i've started doing a, a i would say a win of the week so at the end of each block of week tasks i add a win of the week what has been the big win for me this week yeah. um, and i limited to one or two things 
uh, that I'm just happy about that happened this week mm -hmm. that I've done that I'm proud of whatever um, but I try to keep this and so when I look back I can just think oh yeah that's right this week I got this win that wasn't that bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> really yeah that that can be really really helpful in life uh, because like it's it's funny so many people who who do a lot in their life they kind of move from challenge to challenge without taking any time to celebrate what they've done. Yes. Um, like I, I once was talking with a friend of mine and I was, I was telling him that basically only difficult things are worth doing. And then when I have done a difficult thing, I retrospectively feel that it must have been easy because it got done now. And then I move to the next one and, and I don't often enough stop to celebrate the achievements and then this can feel like a like endless hamster wheel in some way because one doesn't ever take the time to reap the the kind of the joy of achievement yes and i think for everyone just the idea of progressing in whatever you're doing is very mm -hmm. important to just keep healthy and keep your mental health and all your things together mm -hmm. and so i feel that being able to just get back to a specific week and see that actually this world wasn't that bad you know mm -hmm. um, I've been also jump hunting recently so to be able to work with startups but without jumping in and out startups yeah. so finding a new way to work with uh, with founders and so doing so when you're jump hunting it's also very hard on you and you are very hard with yourself and just having a way to look back at the months and be like, okay, so there has been some progression because I've done this this week and this is a week I've done that. And there are yeah. what, four weeks in a month. But just looking back at the months, you have a, a better opinion of, of, of yourself, but just also a better visibility of your progression. You, you don't feel that you're necessarily um, not moving and staying in place, even if sometimes you have this feeling anyway. Yeah. It sounds really good. Um, when do you look at your, your Evernote to-do list? Like, uh, what triggers in your mind the urge to look at it? Or do you have a daily routine that makes you look at it at certain times? Uh, I do have a daily routine. I would say there are things that sometimes take priorities. I always feel that if you are very organized, uh, you have more room for the unknown mm -hmm. and so there is always some unknown thing that will happen something that will take priorities you have a last minute call with someone um you have to have a meeting with someone that is in town just for a day or whatever there are always something happening that weren't really planned ahead and so being able to be organized for everything else um helps really prepare and be more open for this unknown and so um that's that's what I do generally when I start the day, I have my own routine where I first prepare my, my social media, reading all the news. I start the day with reading the international news, then the uh, local news, the tech news, and uh, I finish with specific verticals or specific industry news. And so once I'm done with that, um, I am fully awake and I can then look at my to-do list unless I have something that takes priority on this. Yeah. So if I feel on the morning that I want to be super productive on something, if I have a big task to do, generally I'm going to do it on the morning, um, especially if I have to be very focused on something. And then 
if uh, if at some point during the day I'm done with the big thing I had to do in mind or I had in mind for the day, I'm going to check out my to-do list to make sure that I keep track of what I've done. Um, if it was in my to-do list, I make sure I tick the box that I've done it. And I look for anything else that wouldn't be first in my mind, but that I have to do for this week. Yeah. Um, I find it really interesting that you listen to news in the morning because for many people that when they do that, it just adds to their stress. But I guess for you, it's very important input for your work because you need to understand what's going on in business and what's going on in the specific industries that you are dealing with. Yes. And I always done that. I think I started when I was quite young. Um, I started when I was 18, I think, or 17, mm -hmm. uh, listening to the news um, and to the uh, economical news, mm -hmm. just to, to know what's going on. And I found really quickly that it was very useful for me just to be aware, but also to have some discussion with people. Um, some, someone t tells you about a specific industry or you meet a founder in a specific space and then you can jump into the discussion saying, oh yes, actually I heard this morning that this company in your field has been acquired. You know, I found I find that just really helpful and it's a way mm -hmm. of, of waking up. Some people like to listen to music, um, to wake up. I like to be informed on what's going on in the world. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it may sound weird, but yeah. And also... Yeah. Every day I am quite active on social media and I am scheduling my tweets in advance. So, uh, especially for the tech news. So I don't tweet anything about the international or political news, but when it comes to the tech news, I try to schedule my tweets and my communication on social media. And so I'm doing it also while I read all those news, it's also, um, super helpful. I think in the, in the half an hour or an hour, I completed all everything I, all the uh, medium I wanted to read um, mm -hmm. and my tweets already. Yeah, that's pretty fast. Yeah. Um, for me, basically, I, I used to read news every morning pretty much until I was 18 or something like that. And then there was a uh, um, economic depression and so mm. so negative news and I was a poor struggling student so I didn't want to hear like day after day the con uh, the conversation from government about whether to cut student benefits so then I kind of fell out of that habit now basically the only news I re read really regularly is science news so so like research results from journals of various fields it's kind of my i call it my soap series like <laughs> like i need to get my dose of soap because like there's so funny research even um like research that basically says that uh, something that everybody could have guessed but now somebody had gotten funding to test it <laughs> And also, like, interesting new things. Well, there are always new things happening in the research space. So I think mm -hmm. whatever your field of activity, um, just it could actually be a full-time job just to keep up with the research. So that's <laughs> yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I know. At the moment, I was on a vacation. I was a couple of weeks on a vacation. And between that and other things, I think I'm now, like, 25 days behind my research news. But that's okay. <laughs> 
um, how how do things leave your to do lists other than by getting done? So like like when do you when and how do you kind of kick things off your list or do you let them kind of settle as sediment? I generally don't remove things from my to do list. Um, I either tick the box saying that I've done it or mm -hmm. I leave it there. But sometimes it happens when I have some idea, especially during the weekend, um, I add things to my to-do list, but I really know, I know that I won't have the time to do it, but yeah. it's just when I will be building my to-do list on the Monday morning or um, Sunday evening, I may have added some things for the week that is not finished yet, but I know I won't have the time to do it. So I will just cut it and put it in the new week list because it was more about putting my thoughts more than trying to do it during this week. But that's the only reason why I would remove something. Um, it's just cutting it and passing it just above on the week that is just starting. Yeah. Uh, but I don't remove anything from my, from my to-do list. Um, yeah, generally that's, uh, that's, uh, I, I don't, I, I look back sometime at my to-do list, uh, but I will not necessarily feel bad because they are items that haven't been ticked. There are many reasons um, mm. why an item is still here and that I haven't done it. Um, it could be that for some reason I had to cancel or someone had to cancel a meeting, um, a call has been postponed, or uh, for many reasons I couldn't be doing some specific task. And so I feel that's okay. I don't feel bad about that, but I prefer to just leave it, just to have a, a track record of... Um, and the fact that it was supposed to happen this week, but for some reason it didn't. Mm -hmm. As you're working with weekly to-do lists, or so it sounds, did I understand this right? Yes. Um, how does the transition go, like from previous week to the next week? Um, well, it's pretty smooth. Um, I think, I think there, there are lots of continuity. Uh, between the different projects. So now I have kind of my to-do list for the week, but I also have blocks of projects. So let's say um, one would be for one side project, one, uh, and I will have several um, tasks to do regarding this. And then there will be uh, maybe four or five tasks for this week for another project or mentoring thing. So I think things go pretty smoothly, but now I have kind of categories to that. Mm -hmm. um, but this category can change over time also and uh, there is a continuity sometime but I don't try to make it necessarily um, to over highlight it in any way so sometime I will I will uh, just repeat some task um, because I didn't have time to do it and I would just yeah. add it again um, but that's about it but you mentioned that I I have weekly to-do list and that's correct but mm -hmm. when I am working on a specific project for a client it moves to uh, to daily to-do list. So it's a separate to-do list and it's more mm. on a daily basis. Okay. So my, my weekly to-do list is more for my own personal things or mm. side project or involvement in initiatives. Yeah. Do you have a, like, probably you have sometimes some projects or some work that is kind of not always, um, thought about from the scratch like some some probably some things that you do have a format that kind of repeats um like certain steps need to be done um do you have templates or something like that for things that uh, have a 
pretty static format. Mm, I don't really. Um, if I if I have to do something that is very broad, fine. I will put it in a in a broad way on my to do list. I would say, for example, do some research on that. Um, mm -hmm. And and in my mind, I will know what it means, um, yeah. and I will may I will certainly keep track of of those research and of a specific project on the side. Um, I like to work with spreadsheets, um, and so I will certainly have a dedicated spreadsheet to that. And if I can just put on my to do list that I need to advance a bit more on on, on this project, um, I will stay broad on my to do list, and that's fine. As soon as I know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for me so other people don't need to understand my to-do list yeah um, but I do so sometimes I put some um, some initials or just one letter to refer to a project um, and so it's not necessarily easy to read for anyone but um, um, I don't necessarily have templates but I will just stay really broad on on my item on my to-do list uh, yeah. for that I think yeah yeah this question was partially prompted from the time when I was making more clothing. So I, I, at some point of my life, I was making a lot of clothing, partially for myself and also like part time for, for other people. And with those, the, the kind of list of dependencies in what order do you need to do something is pretty mm. elaborate. And if one doesn't do it very often, it's also easy if one tries to just come up with it it's also easy to get it sadly wrong. And then a couple of steps later going like, this is not going to be perfect because mm. I did this step too early or too late. I see. Uh, mm. So for that, I had then a template, uh, like for example, making a jacket, I would have a template that I would then copy over and modify to fit whatever mm. I was making. Well, I think, for the, I currently get this situation and for that, I just don't add the specificities on my to-do list. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, it stays easy to read. Um, yeah. I can understand my to-do list in just one quick look. But for this kind of task that have many subtasks and I need to be very organized about it, I generally will have just another document that will regroup some research about it, mm -hmm. um, but also its own to-do list or at least if it's not a real to-do list, it's at least a decomposition of, of the different elements of it mm -hmm. and uh, what it means. Um, I actually, I am working right now on another project and that's what I have. I have decomposed this project into different steps to start with. And so on this, um, there are different elements, but I'm always adding to it. It's not fixed. I don't have a really a fixed um, to-do list to do. So every time I dig a bit further on one topic, I realize that there are more steps or maybe I can remove some or maybe this need to happen before that. So it's, it's uh, something more, um, more flexible and dynamic. And mm -hmm. so I keep all this in a different file and a different folder. Um, so I can just work this out rather yeah. than having it on my to-do list. So on my to-do list, I will just say, uh, okay, you need to progress on this specific project or yeah. sort your head, you know, sorting that about the next step or whatever. But I will just refer to a specific step, but uh, all the research part and the reflection will be in a separate folder for that. Okay. Otherwise it's too messy. Mm -hmm. Do you uh, use your to-do list in any way to track specific things to do or talk about with specific people? Um, sometimes. Um, I do keep track of the calls that I have scheduled. 
um, all the meetings. And so if if something when when, when I scheduled the call or the meeting and I add it to my to-do list, if something comes to mind about um, remembering to talk about this or um, or any notes, I will put it there, but really briefly, it has to be just a few words. If it's more than a few words, um, I don't know, I would just put it on my um, on my notebook to have it with me during the discussion. Yeah. I always take notes during a discussion uh, on my notebook in case someone mentions something or mm. in case I have several points to talk about. And so um, if it's the case, if I have many things to talk about, I will just put it on my notebook the day before or a few hours before the meeting. So mm -hmm. it's somewhere and I can follow up on this during our conversation. Otherwise, if it's just one small thing, I will just put it in next to, to the item and just say, oh, by the way, you need to, to mention this to this person or to say happy birthday because it was their birthday last week. Yeah, yeah that's, that makes sense. Um, what's currently, um, well, it sounds that your to-do list system is working very well for you. Is there anything where you have friction in it, where it's, where it, where you're hoping it would be working better? Um, let me think about that. For sure, there is room for improvement. No doubt on that. I think... I don't really use all the functionality of the application I use. Mm -hmm. And so I could use more reminders and uh, find a way to have more continuities between weeks. You mentioned earlier the continuity between the different weeks. And mm -hmm. for now, it's pretty simple. You know, I could be passed um, and, uh, and that's about it. But having more continuity between the project, now I clearly have something that I didn't have a few months ago. I clearly have more categories coming on this to-do list. Things that are very personal, things that are more about one specific project. And so for now, I use kind of um, uh, a code just before the item, um, saying just the name of the initial of the project. And so maybe um, I could improve on the way this is organized. Um, having a way to, to add something instead of adding it manually at a specific place, having something that automatically um, integrated into one category and better mm. organizes maybe with folders or something else um folder of task i don't know if it makes sense but i think this this is a kind of thing that i could uh, do a better job on or that could be improved on my to-do list mm. and so reminders um using more functionalities and um, um and this idea of continuity between the different weeks and organization between different category of, of tasks yeah do you use categories to any degree in your like private life tasks? So, so um, things that are not for work? Not necessarily, I just put them there. Um, okay. Generally at the end, I add them, but um, I don't necessarily have categories there. I also don't have that many things to manage on my personal life. I mean, <laughs> I, like to, I like to be super organized on my professional life, but I like my personal life to be a bit more spontaneous. So <laughs> if I, plan a holiday, I like to do it just a week before um, or weekend or whatever I do. I like to do it a bit at the last minute. Mm -hmm. um, I guess that's because I'm so organized on the professional level. I just like to have more spontaneous, well, be more spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't have many things. It's more about, oh, bringing the trash out or um, do more sport this week. Do, do mm -hmm. at least twice, sport twice this week. Um, mm -hmm. 
So that's more this kind of, of goals. And so I don't really need categories for that. I just need to see it somewhere to remind me that, oh yeah, I need to go for a run maybe. Yeah. I, I noticed that people tend to kind of seek for balance in their life by having their private life be somehow different from their professional life very often. Um, I agree. I've seen so many people using their calendar to send calendar invite to their family. And even on Twitter, I've seen so many people talking about that. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, it happens sometimes that I send a calendar invite to my partner, but that's just in case my, my phone dies and I don't have the address where we're going. That's just for him to have the address. That's yeah. it. I don't schedule <laughs> anything else. That, that's the maximum. That's just sending him some information. So we have, together we have the address but that's about it don't get anything (laughs) else um and yeah no and i don't really have many categories i don't think but i don't even know what kind of categories i would put on my personal life i mean Mm -hmm. maybe activities versus things to do at home i don't know (laughs) yeah i don't i don't don't even know what i would put there really yeah if you don't know then you probably don't need them that's (laughs) a good rule of them um yeah i think i i don't really have more questions it was really nice to talk about this with you um really nice for me too um i'm a bit sick as you can hear so i try to keep it okay and not to sneeze too many times um but yeah no that's uh <laughs> that was a very interesting discussion yeah so who do uh, you do your to-do list Oh, that will be a whole, whole different Okay, episode. okay. <laughs> Fine. Um, but yeah, I'll put uh, your Lifecast link and Twitter link in the show notes um, when this goes out. And yeah. So Fantastic. Thank you for talking about this and thank you for the listeners. 